What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the T-Flip Show. I'm so happy you guys are here. I'm really enjoying the second season. We have a lot coming. I'm Without any spoilers, I could really say that there are so many guests that you guys are going to absolutely love. There's, it's I've already got it booked. Some, are even, some of them are even recorded already. So really excited for myself and you guys to share it with you guys. I hope you guys continue to enjoy it the way that you guys have been. I'm getting a lot of good feedback and just know I appreciate you guys. This episode, I'm going to be speaking with Ryan Dillard. Ryan works for the 49ers and more specifically for 49ers Prep. He does work with the community and gets the kids involved in football, and it's really something special that he does. We covered all things from football to his work being as a DJ and everything in between, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Hopefully, you do as much as I did, and if you did, as I always tell you, be a friend and tell a friend. Send this episode with a friend, whether you send it through YouTube, whether you send the Spotify link, whatever it is, just know that not only does that help me, but that helps people discover the show that who knows, maybe they'll end up loving it. So with that being said, I'll let you guys get right into the video. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you in the next one. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the T-Flip Show. I'm joined here by none other than Ryan Dillard. I'm so excited for this episode. Ryan, how are you doing down there? I am doing wonderful. How's everything going with you? Hey, it's great, man. I'm so glad you're here. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on out here and join me for an episode. So um, I kind of want to take the time here to just introduce yourself. Tell me about you and let us hear about Ryan. For sure. So Ryan Dillard, uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, born and raised and uh, went to Buford High School. Uh, from there, like started playing football when I was in second grade, and um, that was like a passion of mine. I grew up basically kind of like an Atlanta Falcons fan. And oh, okay. We used to go to the games all the time, and so there was one day uh, when we went, and there was a kid at halftime who scored a touchdown. I was like, Dad, I want to do that. And so <laughs> I was like, uh, ever since then, I was like, football became a passion of mine, and you know, started playing from a young age, and. Um, from there, so once I uh, went to Buford, uh, I got put on the map by um, uh, my sophomore year, pretty much. And uh, a lot from there, like more college interests started coming in and um, went to state that year. And so a lot of the goals that I wrote down, like one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to um, wanted to guard like one of the top receivers in the nation. I wanted to become an All-American, which happened that sophomore year. Wow. And um, also... I uh, put down on my sixth grade, seventh grade highlight tape that I wanted to go to USC. And uh, it was wild because I wasn't getting recruited by USC at the time or anything going into my senior year. But um, after signing day, my dad ended up calling Coach O, who was there at the time. And he was like, hey, uh, I want to send you this kid's highlight tape. You know, let me know what you think of him. And so uh, when he sent Coach O the highlight tape, he checked it out. He was like, this kid can play. And he's like, oh, that's my son. And so Coach O was like, oh, um, we would love to have him out. And he, uh, so we were kind of leaving it at that. I was actually supposed to take a official um, to another school that, that same weekend. But I was like, you know what? I was like, let's fly out to USC. And so we found Coach O on campus and um, got a chance to shake his hand. And he was <laughs> like, man, you're a lot bigger than I thought. You're, like, bigger than our starting corner, Nikhil Roby. And um, he was like, we want to make this happen. So he called up the D coordinator at the time, which was Monty Kiffin, um, called up Lane, who was the head coach at the time, Lane. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, they showed me around campus and took care of me and um, uh, showed me the stadium, the Kali. And uh, they said, you know, they were like, we want to make this happen. We may not have a scholarship to offer them, but uh, we definitely, like, want to get this this kid in school. And so – um, it was cool because they were able to open up the common app for me to submit my application and get me in. Yeah. And a lot of the things that I tell, you know, um, 
you know, student athletes that are that are growing up and, and, you know, going to school, playing football, I tell them to always get their education. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I, you know, wasn't on top of my grades. Yeah. And so I always preach that. But um, went to USC, uh, majored in communication, uh, played for the Trojans. I played DB and a lot of special teams. And it was a wonderful experience. I actually walked on to the team and earned a scholarship after my sophomore year. Wow. So, How cool is that? Man, it was such a blessing. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. So, okay, like back up a second. So you say, you know. As a kid, how old were you when you first went and visited USC? So when I first visited, I actually was my senior year. This was oh, okay. like after signing day. So like you're looking at like 17, yeah. 18. Yeah. And was that your first visit of pretty much any college? Any, I guess we'll say official visit. So I went to a couple of schools. I went to um, Air Force. I was looking at Air Force a little bit. Uh, I, w- I went to Harvard and Yale. Uh, those were two of the top ones on my list. And, yeah, sure. Um, uh, I forgot where else. Uh, but those were like the main ones that I was looking at. Um, Georgia Tech was kind of in the mix. Illinois. I didn't take visits there. But, um, yeah. yeah, they were kind of in the mix as well. So And being and being young and doing all that, no matter how many visits you had, it sounds like, it's got to be nerve-wracking. sounds like it's as a – or maybe for you, was it kind of calm, cool, and collected? Did, were you nervous? Uh, I mean, a little bit, of course. Like going to like a different state and, and being, you know – such being at home for the longest like yeah being somewhere different is always still kind of like a little nerve-wracking also I actually took a visit up to stanford stanford was a uh, top on my list as well uh growing up and so i went to their camp and um i thought the coach was going to offer me afterwards but um that didn't happen so yeah. i ended up going <laughs> a different direction but it's definitely a little bit nerve-wracking um just being in a different environment but it's also exciting as well definitely so. yeah it's definitely like a good good sense of nerves it sounds right. like kind yeah. of get you going right so okay so you played at usc you said so you started as a walk-on and then you got the scholarship and yeah. you were you you were there all four years, you were saying, right? You played all four seasons? Uh, actually, I missed my senior season. And um, a lot of that came from – so I got injured going into my spring brawl of my senior year. And what happened was uh, it was one-on-ones, um, came down on my foot wrong. And um, they uh, – at first I thought it was just like a sprained ankle. I thought it would be good after a couple of weeks. But – um, went to get uh, the opinion of a couple of doctors, and the last doctor was like, uh, you're going to need surgery. Mm. And so what it was that Liz Frank was basically I needed a screw in between the first and second metatarsal of my foot. Mm-hmm. And um, so they were going to have to do surgery on it, and they said it was a um, six- to nine-month recovery. Oh, wow. So wild. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. So And because of that, missed your se- senior season. Yeah. Gotcha. Did you have any aspirations, NFL or anything like that? As you said, as a kid, obviously. But once it came to that point in time, your senior season, did you look into that or kind of said that was it for you? So for me, I still wanted to go um, kind of like after all the the politics that had gone on at USC. Um, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like, of course, like I was like, you know, what, I'm going to give this a shot because I, I feel like I, I can do it. I know I have the talent for it. So um, after uh, I graduated in December of 15, I went home, uh, started training, did that whole thing to get ready for pro day. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like going through it. It's definitely like a mental, like a mental and physical grind because you're you're getting in shape. You're you're trying to lose weight and make sure your body is right for when pro day comes. So um, but definitely had dreams of it. But once it didn't happen and um, had a couple of tryouts and once that didn't come through, I, I had to think about, you know, what's 
did I want to do? What was a passion of mine that I could see myself doing? Um, and I know for me, I did a lot of community service projects at USC. Uh, we did, we went to like different elementary schools and worked with kids and uh, we did youth football camps and different things of that nature. And I was like, dang, you know, these are fun. Like I yeah. <laughs> enjoy these. And yeah. so I started looking into roles within the NFL that uh, were similar to that because I was like, you know what? I can see myself doing this. This is fun. Yeah. And uh, that the 49ers like had something like that. It was a youth football um, coordinator, like a youth football internship. Yeah. And so that's what I applied for. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So I think you've got a perfect segue here, right? You, you almost were taking the words right. out of my mouth. That's perfect. So I want to so okay, so football didn't work out, but then you found the best of both worlds where you still have the passion for the game and right. being involved with football and found out, like you said, working with the youth and involved with the game and everything. So as if, obviously I know, but let's say for someone who has no idea, tell me about you work for 49ers prep. What do you do, right? What do you, what's your role? What's your guys goal and everything about it? For sure. So uh, 49ers Prep is our youth football department. And uh, one of the things we want to make sure we kind of promote NFL's Play 60 initiative, which is getting outside and active for 60 minutes a day. So uh, I handle mainly our in-school activation. So we'll go to different elementary, middle schools and work with those kids. We'll give them a free T-shirt and play with them for 60 to 90 minutes for a camp. Yeah. So we'll take them through like a QB station, um, a running back station. Uh, a wide receiver catching station, yeah, okay. like some agility drills and kind of just uh, sometimes these kids have never, you know, had any type of interaction with football. So this could be their first experience. And I think what's cool about our program is that, you know, some of these kids may never have the opportunity to actually get to a game, but they can always say that the 49ers came to their school. So it's, yeah. been, it's I love been cool that. to see that impact that we have, Definitely. you know, all around the Bay. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and then I'm curious as to, Obviously, you're so involved with the youth. Obviously, you care, and your impression of the game upon them matters a lot, I would assume. What do you think is like for whether it's parents or kids who are so naive to the game, what do you think makes football so special to kids, and what, how could they benefit from it, like what you bring to them with 49ers Prep? I think um, as far as football, football teaches you so many life lessons, and just being a student athlete in general, I think – one of the things that it taught me, your, your discipline, you got to stay on top of, you know, one, your grades first before anything to be able to play the sport. Yeah, love that. Um, you have to, to work hard and, and be able to, one, train and, and make sure you're on top of that stuff where because if you don't train, then, you know, someone is always going to be, you know, outworking you and trying to do the little things to get better. So, you know, your discipline, um, how to work in a team. I think yep. that's very important as well because you're going to be working in a team, you know, whether it could be uh, in, in your, the workforce, wherever you go to work or wherever that may be. Um, what else? I would say just determination, motivation, and kind of like going through adversity because I know a lot of times in sports we go through injuries or different things. We Sometimes you're not going to win every game. So it's how do you, you know, rebound from that. Um, I know one of the one of the quotes that always sticks out in my mind that my coach from high school, Coach May, he used to tell me, he would say um, – what does that mean? Nothing. Or it's like, it's not about how you uh, start. It's about how you finish. Because sometimes you could come out, you know, lackadaisical or you might not get the job done from the beginning. But if you finish and you rebound from it, then that's all that matters. So. Definitely. I think I couldn't have been any better said there. You know, being a guy who grew up football and I'm still obsessed with football, even though I'm not playing. I love every ounce of what you said right there. It rings true. No doubt. So I want to back up for a second. I want to talk again a little bit about USC. Um, I want to talk about first 
a lot of people, even myself, I could say is that D1 football is like an experience like unlike any other. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Like, what was the day in life like? What was training like? What was it like interacting with the team, you know? All that. I'm kind of curious to hear about that. For sure. So, for us, like, just being a student athlete there, it was a packed day. You know, you're up at 6 a.m. Usually, we have meetings or either workouts in the morning. And we have a usually, like, a 6 to 11 or 7 to 11 blocked off period that's devoted um, to football. So, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you would have your workout, your morning meetings, and then practice. And then after practice, I usually had like an 11 or a 12 o'clock class. So, you know, go in, get your, your smoothie or a quick breakfast, and then you're straight to class. Mm-hmm. And then I would have, you know, maybe one class around noon or so, and then another class probably around like two or three. And then after that, you got more meetings in the afternoon around like five or six. Yeah. And then after that, you know, sometimes it's study hall or whatever the case may be, because I know for me, I like to to work in the study hall. I felt like I was able to do more and be, you know, more focused there because sometimes when you go back to your um, when you go back to your dorm or, you know, your apartment, you're not able to be as focused. Sure. There's so many distractions. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. I mean. For many people, regardless of football, work, whatever it is, there's so many outside distractions. You really just got to find a way to lock it in. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, what are some people, uh, what are some things people may not realize? Like some, some may say like D1 athletes and specifically football get special treatment or this or that. It's, it's always been something that's been set, whether it's true or not. What do you think people don't realize? Obviously, you talked about the, all the hard work that goes into it. What makes it where it's a level playing field? In your eyes? Uh, To be honest, I feel like um, playing a sport in college is a full-time job. And I think that's something that people a lot of times don't understand. You know, as a uh, student, when you don't have that sport, you can focus solely on, you know, your... uh, whatever your major is or your minor is. Sure. But when you have, you know, a sport to go along with it, you still have to go through, you know, practice, all those different things. And you're tired. You're trying to get through it and stay focused. And so I think, you know, a lot of it, yeah, it's basically another job. And so it's you have to work, you know, two and three times harder than the average student, basically. Yeah. And, and something I feel like I heard, not through personal experiences, but I've heard from other people who've experienced it, not only is – a sport, no matter football or not, but a sport while playing, uh, and sorry, school and playing while in college, mm-hmm. a lot of people have to have a job on top of that too. So right. you say that sports, another <laughs> job Well, shoot that they got really two jobs and right. school on top of that. Right. Yeah. So it's really something a lot of people don't realize, I think. Um, and they don't take the time to realize it, what, but what it benefits, like you mentioned with football and what it could bring to the kids and the youth is that hard work, that determination, like you said. Definitely. So, after your time with USC, I'm kind of I'm kind of retracking you. After your time with the USC here, um, you realize that okay, you really like working with the youth and the game and everything, and so you led to the 49ers. What what really was the defining factor that made you realize like okay, I love doing this. I love working with the community and the youth and football. What was that it factor for you? Mm, I think a lot of it came from um, my dad. He does camps, and so uh, I would be at the, at the camps and be able to see him, you know, kind of like the impact that he's had. You know, he's coached so many different um, people that have gone to the league and had such an impact. Um, A couple, to name a few, uh, Kieran Fox, Adam Pacman Jones. Really? uh, Cam Newton. So uh, they're like a bunch of people that he's been able to touch their lives. And um, it's just, it's been cool to see that, 
you know, Cam was over our house when he was in like eighth or ninth grade. You know, they wanted to change him to a tight end. And my dad was like, you know, people have never seen uh, this tall of a quarterback, this, you know, a bigger guy like this. And so uh, he stood and he went after his dreams and, and, you know, did his thing. But it's one of those where it's like, got to see that all unfold right in front of my eyes, you know? Right. So that, and then also just to see like how kids, you know, when you bring passion to a camp and when you bring that energy, those kids feed off of that energy and they're super excited. And sometimes they come up to and you're you and you're like, and they're like, uh, this was my favorite day or you're the best coach or my favorite coach, whatever. And that's motivating. Of course. You know? Definitely. Definitely. So, and then I'm curious is like, You've done all this at this point with the 49ers and 49ers prep specifically. I'm sure there's been some like forever engraved in your mind experiences that you've had already and for who knows what's to come. What are a few of those, I guess we'll say surreal experiences you've had? You mentioned about those kids talking to you and of course you love to hear that. Totally. What's something that you would say if you were to list off a few, something like, you know, what you did and you'll never forget? Um, I think just... The fact, like, our skills camp is one of our uh, big camps. We do it for high school student-athletes, and um, it's been cool to see how that's grown over the past few years. Uh, I believe, I want to say we started it in either 2018, 2019, and to see how it's grown, you know, over the past few years. We started maybe around, like, 70 or 80 athletes, and now it's, you know, going on, like, 150 athletes, and we do it at the stadium. So it's been cool to see how that came and unfolded. And, one of those things that for me, like as a, um, as someone who was coming in kind of new to the organization back in 2017, I could never have imagined being able to put on an event. And now, you know, now I'm in charge of this event. And it's been cool to see how um, through experience and through the help of like this organization and uh, our team that we have, like that's been able to be such a successful event. Yeah. So. And so, and obviously everyone worldwide this pandemic hit everyone hard yeah how did it affect you and your role with the 49ers in your events because assuming so you couldn't have them right totally yeah i think it was crazy we were um we had just done our uh skills camp march 7th i believe it was of the 2020 year and um then that next week, we went to a uh, youth football conference when we were in Vegas, and we were getting notifications that airports were shutting down, and um, just a lot was going on with COVID, and so we were like, okay, we got to get out of here, so we mm -hmm. ended up leaving the conference early, and um, they said we were going to work at home for, you know, the next two to three weeks. Right. And little did so, we know. <laughs> little hey. did we know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I was like, okay, we're work from home is all good, and so... My mom was like, you might as well work from home, you know, back home in Atlanta while you got these two to three weeks. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, why not, right? And so I was able to get in um, back to Atlanta, and then we got extended another, like, five to six months. Yeah. And that just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And so uh, one of the things I was really glad that I was able to go home and work from home and be with family and spend that quality time with sure. them. Um because I think the airports were about to shut down too before mm -hmm. uh, before I um, got on my flight. So I'm glad I was able to get on, you know. Yeah. But a lot of what we did during the pandemic, we had to kind of um, shift and transition um, uh, what we do because a lot of what we do is kind of in person, you know, right. um, going yeah. to elementary, middle schools and working with those kids. So we were just trying to see, you know, how can we still have an impact? And uh, what we did was we did a lot of stuff virtually. So um, I would be in my backyard. Uh, we put on... 
two things um, mainly. So one was our virtual uh, training camp. And so uh, partnering up with kind of like our flag football league, Mm -hmm. we did a like a four week session that um, would encompass like a bunch of drills. So I would be doing uh, drills for like a quarterback, wide receiver, uh, all the different, you know, positions where kids could learn, uh, show them how to do a dynamic warm up and uh, show them just drills that they could do in their backyard or uh, on the sidewalk or wherever they are. And uh, they will be able to practice those. So it was a four week session for that. And then we did what we called a virtual fitness program, showing kids how to do push ups, sit ups, um, you know, basic exercises that they may not have done before, but showing them the proper technique and um, how to still stay active at home. So and then a lot of that. um after the virtual fitness program, we started doing what we call like our virtual workouts. So yeah. um, I would be on our a Zoom call with, you know, maybe like 100 to 200, 300 kids. And we would be doing these workouts. Um, me and then our mascot, Sourdough Sam, we would do those workouts with them. And so it was a lot of fun for them. It was something different that they could do on a Friday or a Thursday that would kind of switch it up. And yeah, I know Zoom fatigue is real, but when those kids, they're able to get up and, you know, see like a team that they love or a mascot that they love, right. then it makes it a little bit different. It makes them happy. Yeah. I was going to ask you is like, how, how did the kids interact with that? Cause obviously as adults, like I said, Zoom fatigue was even, <laughs> and not to say for the kids, even them yeah. school sit there. It's like, it's so much harder. If it was hard for them in the classroom to engage, yeah. they have no idea. Right. It was Zoom and with all of us, how they interact though. Was it kind of a good interaction? Do you see that you got a good feedback from the kids being over zoom still? Yes. It was crazy because a lot of the teachers, they would send us, you know, testimonials and, and, um, just thank you emails about it and just how the kids loved it. They're still talking about it. Um, and how that was just something that was kind of like special for them. And of course, everybody misses the in-person, but when they can, the teachers can kind of do something that's unique like that for them, then the kids enjoy it a lot. So we got a lot of great feedback on it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a lot of just positive stuff. That's so great to hear about the kids and the interactions that you hold with them. Obviously, there's no doubt about it, really, with what you do. So I want to ask you kind of what, what do you see with 49ers prep in the future? Are there any big things like you guys are doing? Are you guys just kind of the same thing? What, what, what does the future hold for you guys? So I know uh, a few things that we want to do. We want to definitely expand our skills camp. I think that's one of the things that um, a lot of the parents said, you know, we love it. Are you going to do another one? And so we were like, hmm, that's a great point. We would love to, you know, possibly do one in Sacramento or somewhere around the Bay or um, just kind of expand it as much as possible. I know another thing that um, we want to do is we well, we actually just started what we call like our 49ers varsity flag football league. And so it's a competitive flag football league. And um, kids were able to sign up this weekend. Actually, we have one in Palo Alto and we have another one in Dublin. And so those kids are able to you know, play out there. We had our mascot out there and, um, it's going to be a cool league. So we're yeah. excited about that. Hey, let me know when that adult league is. All right. I'll make sure I'll get that first sign up. I got to keep you one. All right? That's awesome. So, okay. So you talked about the future for nine is prep. What's the future for Ryan? What does what the future hold for you? Do you see things Do you have aspirations, goals that you want to meet for yourself, even whether it's job related or not? What, what does that hold for you? Definitely. I know for me, um, I definitely want to continue to grow, continue to be able to hopefully, you know, work my way up the ranks within the organization. I would love to be in charge of my own youth fo- football department and uh, be able to continue to expand from that area. Um, I think another thing I want to continue to build out um, kind of like my DJ business. I yeah. DJ on the side and that's a passion of mine as well. So that's something that I've been kind of working on this year as well, um, working on a website, 
uh, continuing to just kind of expand that. And I just got into a DJ controller, so excited about okay. that. But yeah. That's awesome. So, okay, I think that's a perfect – another yet another segue. You could host a show at this point. You're doing awesome. <laughs> you're, you're just hand me the, the segues, the transitions. But so, okay, so tell me a little bit about the DJ work. You mentioned that just briefly. I want to dive into that a little bit. Where did that start for you? It, has music always been a passion for you? and Or if not, when did that come on? How did that start and how did that become? So it's crazy because um, I've always been kind of like a musically inclined person. I would be around like uh, in elementary, middle school, like doing beats and my friends would be rapping to my beats and stuff. <laughs> and so I kind of always had an ear, but I didn't really get into DJing more so until college. And so um, during that time that I got injured, uh, I had a lot more free time. Uh, and so one of the things I ended up doing was I was like, you know what? I want to DJ. I want to see what that's about. I downloaded an app on my uh, phone and uh, I just started experimenting you know, trying different stuff and just continuing to practice. And I got better at it. I started DJing a few parties like um, around college and uh, everybody would just come out and hear me DJ. And they're like, yo, you're really good at this. And so mm -hmm. it wasn't until I got back home that I was able to actually get a real DJ controller, start practicing on it. And then um, just kept practicing, practicing. And one day, you know, you look up and people are being like, hey, we need a DJ for our you know, graduation party, our birthday party, um, you know, whatever this may be. So I uh, started to get, you know, referrals from different family members and friends, and I just kind of expanded from there. So it's been really cool to see how something that I did, you know, start out on a little app has grown into an actual business. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a do you go by do you have a stage name? I so I know some DJs got a stage name. Are you just DJ Ryan? Or? To be honest, it's pretty much just DJ Ryan. Yeah, I've kind of okay. stuck with it. I didn't I was like always thought about rebranding and figuring out, you know, what else could, but nothing is really stuck. So yeah. from there, I just was like, you know, it was just DJ Ryan. Hey, sounds it clean. Is it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, no, I like it. Simple as Chris. So here's a, here's a question for you regarding the DJ stuff. Cause I'm mm -hmm. completely naive to, it. I have no yeah. idea is how do you, I feel like there, there's thousands of hundreds <laughs> of thousands, millions of DJs out there. What's, yeah. how do you set yourself apart? How do you find a way to like make yourself unique where you want people to say, Oh no, you know, forget that other guy. We got DJ Ryan, you know, yeah. he, he's for sure it what makes yourself unique and how do you stand out i would say for me just being a people person being able to interact and read the crowd i think um one of the things that really stands out is you have to be able to read a crowd and see their reactions to music and so um a lot of times like some djs um they will play mainly strictly what they want and not mm -hmm. necessarily what the crowd wants to hear and sometimes you have to adapt and you have to figure out okay um, they're vibing to that song. Let me play something similar to that, that they'll continue to vibe to. You got to be able to mix it up. So, um, and then just playing different music that, you know, um, that people wouldn't, wouldn't like, that's like, dang, what is this? Or like make people kind of like be like, Oh, this is dope. Like yeah. it's fire. So, um, yeah, just the people person, um, uh, being able to interact and read your, your audience is important. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Sounds sounds about right. So I that's something I actually didn't know is that I thought most DJs they have pretty much going to whatever event they're going to. I thought they had a set list. I thought they pretty much had a playlist, and it sounds <laughs> and you know it sounds so ordinary. You sit there and you plus play, but obviously that doesn't make a good DJ, right? Is it, it comes down to is being creative, being on the fly, right? Well, yes and no in a sense because when you say playlist, I definitely come in. I try to make sure that I am prepared and have kind of like, I see what the client wants and see, you know, if they have, 
um, a playlist. I'll kind of add songs that are similar to that playlist and kind of work off of there. And then I'll, um, I like to have something in mind as far as like what I want to play, but then sometimes I'll, you know, do my own thing, kind of scrap and, and kind of mix it up and freestyle a little bit. Okay. So, yeah. so do you, will you switch between genres while you're out there or is it like, cause that from the DJs, at least I've known or heard is, is that people basically just put a suggestion in of a handful of songs, mm-hmm. right? But you don't, do you stick to that strictly or? Uh, it really just depends on what everybody wants. I know I'm mainly like a rap R&B uh, type person, top 40 pop. So um, I'll try and play that, but then also I kind of see what everybody's vibing to. A lot of times you can't go wrong with old school. Yeah, um, right. So like that's like always a good bread and butter to stick with, you know? Definitely. Yeah. So, Ryan, I'm curious as to you talked about the the music that you play and how you switch it up and how you adapt to the crowd. I'm curious as to do you reach out to people when you're looking for DJ gigs or are you at the point where people reach out to you? How does that work? So it's interesting. I feel like um, everything kind of starts happening, happening naturally as far as like uh, a lot of it comes from referrals. You know, you'll have you'll do uh, work for somebody. And like, for example, um, one of my coworkers, uh, they said like, Hey, there's like this, you know, one of our friends is looking for a DJ for their friends giving. So I DJ their friends giving. And, um, then a lady at the friends giving reached out to someone who was there and was like, Hey, who's your DJ for the friends giving? And she asked me to do her birthday party. So I was able to do that. And then it kind of just expands from there. You know, everybody's yeah. like, they'll refer you if you, you know, do great business and Definitely. you know, people are on the dance floor having a good time. I feel like you got more likely not. You got some probably crazy crowds sometimes. <laughs> Has that happened? Any, have you had any kind of crazy drunk people? Uh, thank goodness, no. No, okay, <laughs> well, yeah. good. Of course, you know you got like people that'll come up to you and you know they'll say like the songs they want. And so sometimes it depends on if it like works with the set list. Or yeah. Sometimes it's just out of nowhere, and you like got to figure out a way to still be nice and still you know be like it. You know if it works within the playlist, I'll play it. But I try to like do be as nice as I can about, you know, when it comes to requests, because a lot of times, you know, that can make their night right there. Just hearing their one song. Exactly. Like, Dang, you know, I really enjoyed that. And yeah. That DJ and stuff. So will you ever tell people no in the nice way, obviously, <laughs> or do you, cause I feel like every time from what I've heard or even myself, <laughs> DJ and given, obviously when drinks are involved, Hey, can you play this song? And then I forget 15 minutes later and it usually doesn't get played. Right. Yeah. But they don't tell me, no, I've never had DJ tell me, no, I'm not playing that. Yeah. Will you tell them no? No, I won't necessarily say that. You know, you could say something like along the lines of, you know, um, I'll see what I can do or, you know, let me check. I may not have it in my set list or, um, you know, I'll see what I I can do if I can kind of squeeze it in. I got you, whatever. But just try and be as nice as possible about it. Definitely. I love it. I love kindness is always (laughs) the best policy, right? Yeah. It makes for good business. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to back up one last. I I meant to ask this earlier and I I don't know how it skipped my mind. And working with the 49ers and being the big football fan I am and the 49ers and have you worked alongside with any of the players within 49ers prep? Or you bring them on with the kids? I thought I saw on your Instagram post recently, right? Was Fred yeah. out there? Yeah, Fred was out there and uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles as well. So they both came out to our skills camp and were able to work with the linebackers. And they were absolutely awesome. You know, two uh, class acts that um, are just, you know, focused on helping out the community. So yeah. appreciate them for stopping through. They were awesome. And, um, um, yeah, I know Demetrius came, um, last year as well too. So that was, or two years ago when we had it. So 
The, kid, yeah. the kids probably go crazy when they yeah, see Yeah, they out. are super hyped when they see, <laughs> especially when they're coming in with their jerseys. Uh-huh. I know a lot of uh, the kids are trying to get them on the, the Instagram, trying of to course. get like, oh, look who it is. And so, yeah, you know, they try and get the, the selfies and yep. all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the kids love you. I love what you do, Ryan. I mean, every bit that you have explained here between, you know, you growing up and your experience at USC and has led you to the path of where you are now, the grand scheme of things is incredible. <laughs> here i love every bit of it um where can people find you for your dj work and everything on social medias if people wanted to go look for you where could they find it for sure so i know uh my instagram is dj at dj ryan 28 so you can check me out on there and um i'm actually working on a website right now as we speak so that'll be up shortly um but also i'm on different apps like i know they have like thumbtack if you're around the bay area you can look at me up and find me there but um a lot of, i have a soundcloud as well and a mix cloud and if you type in go to my um if you go to my profile on instagram you can find those and i have a bunch of mixes down on there that you can check out love it we gotta get that plug in i gotta get that oh, plug yeah. in make sure we know about all where to find ryan stuff so Ryan, I really appreciate you taking the time out here, coming to talk and hear about you. I mean, I thought I knew you and I just found out so much more. So thank you much, dude. I appreciate it. Of course. And thank you so much for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the folks, folks. Thank you very much for watching. I appreciate you guys. If you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Until then, I'll see you guys next time.